be here with all of you today. We had the privilege of having Pastor James come and speak at our church just a few weeks ago, and he was a blessing as always, but I wanted to thank you guys for being willing to release him to go and bless others, and uh, not just you guys, but it's always a privilege to come. Thank you for the welcome. But before we start and jump into the Word of God, why don't we pray, hey? God, we just thank you for your incredible presence, and I thank you that you are in this place, that you are speaking and moving and uh, helping us to be more like Jesus every day. Help our hearts to be ready, Lord, as we uh, just dive into your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you go down to your local walking track, I'm not really sure what that is in Gladstone. For us at Tanum, it's Canoe Point. Uh, you will find probably a few more cars than you would normally find there if you're a walker. Or if you were to go to your local gym, if you were that way inclined, you would probably find a few more people in the gym than there were at the end of the year. Or if you were to be invited to your friend's house for dinner and you had a little bit of a sneaky peek in their fridge, you would on some occasions find an alarming amount of kale and spinach and all things green because, as Pastor Malcolm mentioned, it's that time of the year where we all make New Year's resolutions. We get out our pieces of paper and we write down our goals of who we want to be and what we would like to achieve in 2023. We make goals about finance, we make goals about finance uh, and families and business and hobbies and holidays and renovations. We make all sorts of wonderful goals that we think will help us over the year. I don't mind a good goal. I love writing down goals of where I want to be and what I want to achieve. Uh, but when I look into the Word of God, I see that how much money I have in the bank or the title I hold at work, or the trophies I have in my cabinet are not the most important thing. When I look into the Word of God, I see that the most important thing is that in 2023, I would be somebody who chases after Jesus Christ, is somebody who seeks Him first in all that I do. And if we would simply do that, it would affect every area of our lives. So the question really is, how do we be someone? How do we be a people who chase after Jesus? How do we be followers of Jesus? And so I want to just bring one thought to you this morning of one practical thing we could do in 2023 that would help us walk closely with Jesus. Is that all right with you? So I want to encourage you this morning, and I want to talk on the topic of prayer. I think for myself, somebody who's followed Jesus from a young age, uh, I often think that I am better at praying than I actually am. And what I mean by that is this. I do my grocery shopping online. I love that when you do it online, they carry it up to your house and they unload it all there. It's fantastic. And so a few months ago, uh, our fridge situation was pretty dire. There was, you know, a little tiny bit of milk and just like a little chunk of butter and not much else other than a floppy carrot in the drawer. And so the kids were getting hungry and we had nothing really to cook. And so I thought, I really need to get the shopping sorted. I hopped online and added into the grocery cart everything that we needed for that week, all the food we needed. And to be honest, uh, a few things that I kind of just wanted fell in the cart as well. I ordered some Red Rock Deli style sweet chili chips and uh, that's an essential for me in my house. And, you know, there might have been some Magnum ice creams just fell into the trolley as well. You know, all the things that you need to get through a week. I booked in a time that my shopping was to arrive and thankfully there was a spot the next day. So all we had to do was just make it till the next night and food would be coming. We booked it in between three and five in the afternoon, right? So I could cook dinner. 
The next day rolled around and three o'clock came and three o'clock went and no food had arrived at our house. But that's not unusual. I'd booked it between three and five o'clock. Four o'clock rolled around and no food had come at all. Five o'clock rolled around and still no food was in sight. But, you know, this happens sometimes. They're just a little bit late. It goes further on and it hits 5.30 and the kids are starting to nag me. What's for dinner? What are we going to eat? And I keep saying, well, I'm just waiting for them to drop our food off. And I'm getting a little bit frustrated now because I'm like, I've got dinner to cook. I've got kids that are hungry. And so at 5.30, I decide I'm going to jump online and see what's happening with my order. You can track where they're up to and they give you an estimate of how far away they are. So I jumped online feeling quite frustrated and to my surprise, I see online as I get there, the little shopping cart was still full of groceries. And I realized in that moment what's happened. I have put into the shopping cart everything that I needed and even some things that I wanted, but I'd kind of failed to actually take it through the checkout. And uh, that's why it hadn't turned up on my door. And uh, it's just a little bit of a learning curve. You've got to pay for your groceries if you want them to actually turn up. But I find that I can kind of do the same thing when it comes to prayer. I have going into this year, all of these things going on in life that I really need God to move in. All of these situations and circumstances that I want God to do a miracle in. I want God to change and I want to see his power move. And to be honest, even some things that I just you know, don't need, but I just would like to have happen. But so often I spend my time worrying and thinking and hoping that God would do it, but forget to actually come and take it to Him and say, God, would you do something in this situation? So often I forget to actually pray about it. And so we're going to actually jump into the Word of God right now, and we're going to look at a couple of verses around prayer, uh, because I really think there's some amazing truths that we can find in there today. So we're going to jump into the book of Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. It says this, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This is a really beautiful couple of verses, and uh, it's not uncommon to see it on somebody's wall or screensaver or fridge. You know, we love this kind of verse. We love this idea of not worrying or stressing about life. But who knows that we're called not just to be hearers of the word, but actually doers of it, you know? Uh, nothing changes just by hearing the word. It changes when you actually apply it, when you do what it is that God tells us to do. And so we're going to jump through this verse line after line, just looking at how do we actually walk this out in 2023? That we're not just people who can recite a Bible verse, it's good and encouraging, but we're people who actually live it out, hey? And so why don't we get started? It says this, don't worry about anything. Back when I was about 10 years old, I had a friend over one day and uh, one of my older brothers walked into the room while she was there and he says, hey, look what I can do. He grabs a raw egg and he cracks it open into a cup throws it into his mouth and swallows it straight down. As 10-year-olds, we were like, wow, that is so cool. And so we ran into the kitchen after that, grabbed our own eggs out of the fridge and snuck them outside before mum could see. And so we decided, imagine how cool we would be if we too could swallow raw eggs. You know, imagine what our friends would say. Imagine what would happen if we could do that. 
So we cracked the eggs into the cup and counted to three. One, two, three, threw the eggs into our mouth. When all of a sudden this urge to just projectile vomit them back out of our mouth just came over us. As that, you know, slimy, snot-like feeling just entered into our mouth, the vomit reflex was just so strong that it just came straight back out. We had a little bit of a look at each other and thought this is going to be harder than we thought, but it's all right, we've got it. So we threw the, the eggs back into our mouth and this time the gag reflex is coming back on, but we have sealed our lips so much, like the eggs are not coming back out. But no matter how hard we try to swallow it, it just keeps coming back up into our throat. And so we spit it back into the cup again. So now we've got the egg that looks like snot. And we've got spit in the cup as well now. And I said, hey, I hate eating tomatoes. And what I do is I block my nose. I said, maybe if we block our noses, we'll be able to swallow it down. And so this time we throw the eggs into our mouths. We blocked our noses and we're trying as hard as we can to swallow that egg down, but every time it starts going down our throat, it just comes back up again. No matter how long we sat there, the egg just kept going down and coming back up and going down and coming back up. This went on for far too long until we just had to call it quits and say we obviously are not cool because we cannot swallow raw eggs whatsoever. And I still cannot do it to this day. I have tried. But this is kind of what worry reminds me of sometimes. Worry is that issue that's going on, that thought that comes into your mind. And no matter how hard you try to push it down and push it away and just stop thinking about it, it just keeps coming back up. No matter how hard you try to move on or no matter how hard you try to just stop worrying, it just keeps coming back up into your thinking. It's that thought that's consuming you when your child's telling you a story and you realize five minutes in that you have no idea what they're talking about because you've just been thinking about the issue that's on your mind. It's that thought that's on your mind when you're driving from Gladstone to Boyne Island that just keeps going over and over and you get to Boyne Island and realize you can't remember any of the turns you took along the way because you were so consumed with what you're thinking about. It's that thought that wants to keep coming up when you're trying to go to sleep at night and no matter how hard you try to push it down or push it away or just stop thinking about it, it just keeps coming back up. We've all been worried before. The Bible says, but don't worry about anything. Thankfully, it goes on. It says this next. Instead, pray about everything. I love in this verse that it doesn't just say don't worry about anything, full stop. What it says is don't worry about in anything, instead pray about everything. What it's doing here is saying, not just saying stop worrying, stop thinking about, stop worrying on it, saying next time you are worried, next time it keeps coming back up, take that as your warning light, your indicator that is now time for you to go and pray about that worry. The next time that thought just wants to keep coming up when you're trying to go to sleep at night, that is now your indicator to not just stop worrying, it is now time to go and pray about it. I really believe in 2023, God is calling some warriors to begin to be prayer warriors in the kingdom of God. God is calling some people whose minds are so filled and consumed with worry to not just stop worrying, but to actually start being prayer warriors and bringing all of it to God. And so it says, instead... Pray about everything. We're really good as Christians about praying for some things. We're really, really good at praying that our faith would grow stronger. We're pretty good at praying for people when they're sick, going through hard times and trials. 
And we are incredibly good at praying for our food. Incredibly good at that. But there's some things that we often feel like God wouldn't actually be that interested in at all. Some things we feel like God wouldn't actually want to know about. Back when I was in uni, I felt like God just took me on a bit of a journey, understanding how much of my life He actually cared about. I remember I was about 18 at the time, and uh, Anthony and I were both in uni, which meant we had zero spare dollars always. And uh, that was always fun, and uh, it was always an exciting journey. But I remember winter rolled around that year, and uh, just getting very cold as it does in Gladstone. And uh, I had no warm clothes, and uh, I just had one jacket and jeans, and I was like, this is ridiculous, how can I be fashionable in this And so I remember one day feeling frustrated that I couldn't just go and buy new warm clothes. And so I brought my complaint to God. I said, God, I would really like to buy two new warm shirts. I would like them to be three-quarter sleeves because I don't like wearing long sleeves. And uh, amen. I remember thinking, this is a ridiculous prayer, like as if God is going to care about this. But then Sunday rolled around and one of the ladies from our church came up to me after the service with a Kmart bag in hand. She said, I was weirdest thing happened this week. I was just at the shops and I just felt like God told me to buy you these two shirts. So I opened the bag up and sitting in the bag were two three-quarter sleeve winter shirts, which was even better, that I would actually wear. And uh, I felt blown away that God would care about something like that. But I was filled with a little bit of boldness and courage now. And uh, the next week, I noticed also that I didn't have enough money for any makeup. As an 18-year-old girl, this was obviously devastating. And uh, I thought, this surely God has not got to care about. Like, you know, surely God's just going to tell me, stop being vain. You know, your worth is in so much more. And uh, I brought it to God. But I said, God, I don't have money for makeup. And I would really like some new makeup. And uh, I left it in his hands. And I went about my week. And a few days later, another lady from church came and visited me at work. And she had um, just this little box. And she said, I just felt to give you this gift. And uh, inside the box was just an assortment of all different makeup products because little did I know she was a bit of a makeup salesperson. And she said, I just felt to give these to you. And it blew me away that God would care about something so frivolous that I didn't actually need as makeup. Now my courage to pray is growing a little bit more. And uh, in a few weeks' time, I was heading off to Townsville to visit my sister. And as you know, Gladstone does not have a large assortment of shops and Townsville has a few more. And I longed and would have loved to be able to go shopping in Townsville, but I still had zero dollars in my bank account. And so this time, I didn't even really uh, tell God what I wanted. I just kind of came and told him about what would have been great. And I was just talking to God one day, and I was just saying, you know, do you know how amazing it would be, God, to just have, can you imagine $500 to just spend on myself? Like, never had this happen to me before or anything like that. I said, it would just be amazing. Like, I've heard some people get to do this, and it would just be amazing. And so... I didn't think much more of it, and I went to visit my sister in Townsville, and I arrived there, and she took me to my room, and sitting on my bed was just an envelope from her, and I opened up the envelope, and there was a nice little note in there that said something along the lines of, this is just for you, it's not for you to take home, it's for you to use on yourself while you're here, and uh, I opened it up, and inside was $500 in cash, and we've seen God do many amazing miracles many amazing things but still to this day that is one of the most significant miracles in my life because it wasn't something I needed it was something frivolous that I wanted but God cared about the little things in my life it says instead pray about everything 
If it is big enough to fill your mind, it is big enough to bring to God. If it is big enough to be on your heart, it is big enough to bring to God. It says, instead, pray about everything. There is nothing too big. There is nothing too small for you to be able to bring to an awesome, amazing God that actually cares about what's on your heart. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. I want you to imagine for a moment, you've just been to church and uh, you forgot to have brekkie and uh, the preacher starts talking about food and uh, you start picturing McDonald's because you are just so hungry. And you're picturing like golden crunchy fries, a, a large, you know, juicy McChicken burger, an icy cold cup of Coke. And like now you can't even concentrate on what's happening because all you are thinking about is a large McChicken meal from McDonald's and how much you want it right now. And your stomach's, oh man, it's just gnawing for some McDonald's. And so church finishes and you decide we are going to the McDonald's drive-thru. You drive the family over there and you drive up to the window and they say, welcome to McDonald's, may I take your order? And you begin to explain. Well, I was just at church this morning and they were talking about food and I just started to get so hungry. And the McDonald's worker says, well, that's fantastic. You've come to the right place. May I take your order? Well, I was just, just so hungry in church and like my tummy was just, gar you know, just growling the whole time through the service and I just really want some food. That's a really interesting morning, sir. Would you like me, you know, to take your order? Oh, well, I just would love, you know, something juicy and delicious. It would just hit the spot. And now cars are lining up behind you because you're taking so long. And, and oh, that's great, sir. Could you just tell me what it is you want today? You know, just something for me and the family that would just hit the spot. You know, I'm just really, really hungry. Eventually, they are going to kick you out of the McDonald's drive through lineup if you don't quickly tell them what it is that you want. You see, we understand this concept when it comes to normal everyday life. We understand when there's something we need, we go and say, I would like a large McChicken meal, please. Thank you. It's really simple. But sometimes we come and complain to God about all the things going on in our life, but we forget to actually tell God what it is that we need. One of the reasons I think we struggle to come and actually tell God what we need is that we're often afraid that we're going to ask for the wrong thing. I have three kids, and uh, they ask me for things all the time. All the time. Always asking me for things. From the moment they wake up to the moment they've been in bed for two hours but still aren't asleep, they are asking me for things all the time. And if I was to say yes to everything they asked, this morning... One child would have eaten a bowl full of marshmallows for breakfast quite happily. Another child probably just would have been only just going to sleep because she read all night long. And we'd have about three ponies, one giraffe and one elephant in our small block of a backyard because another daughter just really wants a pony right now. But we don't have all those things because as their parent, I understand that not everything they're going to ask for will be good for them. But do you know what I do when they ask for the wrong thing? I simply say... No, they don't like it usually, I've found, but I just say no. And do you know what I don't do when they come and they ask if they could have marshmallows for breakfast? I don't force feed them marshmallows for the next two weeks just to prove to them they should never ask for marshmallows. 
you know, I don't punish them when they come and ask me the wrong thing. I just say, no. Do you know we have a good father in heaven who loves us? And you don't actually need to be afraid that you're going to ask for the wrong thing in case you then have to live with it for the rest of your life. Do you know what he'll do? No, you may not have it. That would be bad for you. He won't punish you for asking. Because he's a good father who loves you. Tell God what you need. When you look in this verse, there's two types of prayer that it talks about in the original language. That's why it often says in different versions, through prayer and petition. There's two types of prayer. The first type of prayer is when it's just general communication with God. God, I love the weather. Today is a nice day. My hair is messy. Whatever it is you want to say to God. And then there is a second type, which we would call petition prayer, which specifically means coming to God and telling Him exactly what you need. That's what it's talking about here. Tell God what it is you need. What would it look like if God were to do a miracle in this situation? That we're not just complaining at God, but we're coming and we're saying, God, this is what I need. And sometimes He will give you what you ask for. And other times He will say, no. And in all those seasons, you can know that He is a good Father who loves you. And you can feel comfortable to actually come and tell Him what it is you need. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. I want you to just turn your imaginations on for a moment. Imagine it's December. It's a hard stretch, I know. And uh, Christmas is coming. And imagine for a moment you have a five-year-old little girl. This will not be hard for me because I have one of them at home myself. And you're getting ready for Christmas. And you've been listening over the last few weeks to hear what it is that they're really loving at the moment and what it is they're interested in and what it is that they need. And you've been watching the things they play with and watching the things that bring them joy. And so you've gone out of your way to go and find presents that you know your daughter will love. You've wrapped them up specially and grandma's also bought some really nice presents that were way out of the budget, but she brought them anyway. And you've gathered around on Christmas morning to open the presents. You've got your phone ready. Grandma's got her iPad ready to take all her photos. And you come and your child sits down on the ground and you're all gathered around her and you bring her your first present. You place it lovingly at her feet and you've got your phone ready and you're ready to just capture that moment. You know the moment where kids just open up a present and they see it and the joy and delight in their eyes as they're just so appreciative for what you've done for them? And so you've got the phone ready and your daughter rips open the wrapping paper in half a second, looks down and sees that doll she has been begging for for months. And your phone's ready, but she doesn't look up. She just pushes the present to the side, puts out her hand and says, next. You're a little bit flustered and grandma is disapprovingly looking at you, but she grabs her present and grandma brings it over and quickly puts it at her feet to you know, just smooth things over and she gets her iPad ready to take her photos and she's waiting to capture that perfect moment because she thought, oh, I bought her a bike and she's going to love it. It has unicorns on it. It's going to be fantastic. And she gets ready to take that photo and the daughter rips the wrapping paper off, looks down, sees the bike she's been asking for, pushes it to the side and puts out her hand and says, next. Can you imagine for a moment the discussions that would be happening after that present opening experience? Because from a very young age, we learn that when someone gives you something or somebody does something for you, you say, 
Thank you, don't you? I think if I was to be honest with my life, I can sometimes act like that five-year-old child when it comes to God. I come to God desperately with these needs and issues and things that are going on in my life. And I say, God, would you please fix this? Or would you please answer this? And then God answers it. And I move on and say, God, now I need you to answer this. And then God, I need you to answer that. And I forget to actually come and thank him for what it is that he's done. I noticed in uh, my life group that I was leading last year, we love praying for people. We had quite a few people with really hard needs. And so we would start each week praying. Um, but I noticed that after a while, it was like our life group just began to get focused and consumed with all the needs that we were facing all the time. And so we just made one small change because we're actually called to give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you, and, you know, in Christ Jesus. And so we made one small change. Every life group week, we would start with one question. What is one thing that you can be thankful to God for today? And we have to go around the group and every single person had to name one thing that they could be thankful for God that week. This was people who were still walking through really hard and tiring seasons. And to be honest, the first few weeks was like pulling teeth. I'd go around the circle and they'd say, I just, I've got nothing to be thankful for. Nothing good has happened this week. But the more we began to walk it and the more we began to talk about it, we began to realize that in every season, there is always something to be thankful to God for because he is always good. He is always faithful. My storms and tribulations and seasons do not change the character of God or his love towards me. He is always good. He is always faithful. He is always true. He always fulfills his promises. And so I always have something to be thankful for. And something powerful began to happen as we did that. It began to shift our focus to just looking at and being consumed by the needs that we were bringing God and shifting it back to God, the creator of heaven and earth and seeing that he'd been faithful in years past and he will continue to be faithful again. It began to shift our focus to actually look to the one who is the answer to our needs instead of focusing on our needs. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. I notice in this part of the verse, it doesn't say, then a miracle will instantly happen and you will experience God's peace. It does not say, then all your problems will be resolved and you will finally have peace. It says, then after you have told God what you needed and thanked him for all he's done, then you will experience his peace, which exceeds anything you and I can understand. Because peace is not the absence of troubles, it is the presence of God. That's why King David could say in Psalm 23 verse 4, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You see, I can actually have peace because it is not a situation change. It is the presence of God in my life. I can have peace even in the midst of the storm, while the storm's still raging, while it's still swirling all around me. I can have peace still even while I am walking through the darkest valley and I'm not even sure how I'm going to get out of it again. I can have peace when an answer still hasn't come and I've been asking God for months because I know that He is with me and I know that He has me and I know that He is faithful and I know that I don't need to be afraid when I'm walking with Him. I can have peace despite the storm that is raging all around me. 
because it is his peace. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I love this last part. When you look in the original text, that word guard is like almost like a military word. It means to protect from attack or hostile invasion. This is not a mind over matter exercise. This isn't you just need to be strong enough in your thinking that you stop worrying. This is something that God comes and does as you come and tell him what you need and you thank him for all he's done. It says that his peace will guard you, your hearts and your minds. His peace will protect your mind from attack. His peace will protect you from hostile invasion. That even though storms and worries and fears want to overrun you, it says his peace will guard your mind and your hearts as you live in Christ Jesus. It's not about just being strong enough. It's not about just thinking better. It's about coming to a faithful father with all of our worries and all of our cares. And instead of carrying them ourselves, we're casting them onto him. For he is faithful and he is good and he is able in all and every seasons. I want to invite the music team back up as we finish. I don't know what your 2023 is going to look like. I don't know what will happen with your work. I do not know what will happen in your family. I do not know what will happen in your health. But I can guarantee one thing. Troubles will come. It's not usually what you want to come to church to hear. But I know think one thing on top of that is that you were never made to carry them on your own. And so you do not need to fear what lies ahead. You do not need to fear the worries of tomorrow. All we simply need to do is daily come and bring them to God. I found for me, the longer I wait between prayers, the heavier it gets to carry. Because every single day I walk around and I keep picking up new things, picking up new concerns, picking up new worries, picking up new troubles, picking up new circumstances. And the longer I wait, the bigger the load gets to carry. And so I've just found one thing in my life, that daily I need to come and lay down at His feet every worry I picked up yesterday. Because I'm not big enough to carry them, and I know I don't have to when I walk with Jesus. He actually wants to walk beside you. This is something I've been working on over years in my own personal life. And one of the small changes I just made over the past few months is I realized I was somebody who would worry about a lot of things but fail to actually take it that whole way and pray about it. I'd worry it to God but fail to actually give it to Him. And so every morning after I read my Bible, I get up and I just do one really simple thing now. I just begin to make a list my computer and just in dot point form I begin to write down anything that is on my heart or mind that is worrying or concerning or occupying my thinking I just begin to write it down it might be a person's name it might be a sickness it might be a finance thing it might be a fear it might be a hurt it might be a relationship issue whatever it is I just begin to write them down in dot point form anything that is weighing on my mind anything that just keeps coming back anything that keeps occupying my mind and then I just simply go through the list one by one and I begin to tell God what it is that I'm needing. God, I need wisdom. God, I need a person to come and help with that. 
God, I need you to help me to forgive. God, I need you, whatever it is. I begin to tell him what it is that I need. And then I thank him for what he's done. But God, I thank you that you are faithful. I thank you that you are with me. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you walk with me wherever I go. I thank you that yesterday you brought an answer to that need. I begin to thank him for what he's done. Because I'm not going to keep focusing on the worry. I'm focusing on him. What would your 2023 look like if daily you were found at the feet of Jesus? Actually telling him about your worries and your concerns and your fears. What would happen in your family? What would happen in your work? What would happen in your own life if it became a priority to you? I've found for me this one thing, it will not happen by accident. Prayer can be the, the most essential thing in our life, but it's amazing how we so quickly push it to the side, that it fits around everything else and it fits around work and it fits around a clean house and it fits around our kids' hobbies and it fits around that schedule and it fits around that social event. I've found for me that the only way is I have to make it something that becomes a first priority to me. Yes, pray all day long. Pray to God all the time. But I'm talking about having a daily habit of saying, God, I'm going to come and I'm going to speak to you about what's on my mind. Because I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm going to pray about everything. I'm going to tell God what I need. And I'm going to thank Him for what He's done. Then I will experience His peace. And His peace will guard my heart and mind. I want to invite you to your feet. We're going to pray. You might be here this morning. And life feels hard, or maybe you feel lost or overwhelmed or even hopeless. Maybe you feel like you don't have the answers you need or the people you need. My Bible tells me that Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. God's plan was not that you would carry all your worries and your fears and work them out yourself. His plan always was that you would bring them to Jesus. For He wants to carry you. He wants to move in your situation. He wants to move in your life. It's what it looks like to follow Jesus daily. I'm not doing it in my ability, but I'm bringing it to you, God. And so I'm going to pray, and I just want to encourage you. If you're somebody who knows Jesus, let today be the day that you make a decision to say, God, I'm coming back to bringing everything to you. Maybe there's something on your mind or maybe it's just something you realize you've lost along the way. That daily we would be found on our knees before Jesus, giving Him all that we carry. But I want to encourage you if you're here today as well and you want to call yourself a Christian, you don't really know Jesus, that He wants to help you as well. That He wants to carry your burdens. He wants to give you life and life abundantly, my word says. And it just starts by you asking Him. Jesus, would you help me? Would you teach me? And prayer is just like talking to anyone. You can talk to Him however, or wherever, or whenever. Just begin to talk to Him. Say, Jesus, would you help me? Why don't we pray this morning, church? God, I thank You for Your faithfulness. I thank You for Your love for each and every single person here. I thank You that You're a good God. You're a faithful God. I thank you, Lord, that you want to walk alongside us every step that we take. I thank you that 
you are compassionate towards those who carry heavy burdens. Lord, I thank you that you love us and you see us, Lord. Lord, I pray for just a boldness and a courage to arise in each person here, that they can come boldly and confidently into the presence of God, that they can come boldly before you and lay down their needs. Lord, that they can come boldly before you and trust that you have them, whatever season or circumstance they find themselves in. Lord, I pray that this year would be a year marked of people who faithfully come to you, Jesus, in all that they carry. God, I pray that this would be a year where we see miracles unfold because we've brought them to the cross of Jesus. Lord, I pray that this would be a year where we walk in peace that passes all understanding despite the storms and despite the tribulation and despite the valleys. Lord, I pray that this would be a year, Lord, that we know your peace and your power and your presence everywhere we go. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. We're gonna worship one more time together. Why don't you join us? The weapon may be fallen, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve.